Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me today for our 40th episode is my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, how are you celebrating this totally arbitrary event? Yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I'm trying to think. You know, I guess Joe, Joel Recklick, you know, he was 49. Who was, number, who was the 40? Grabner, my dude. Yeah, I guess Grabner. I'm, <laughs> I, I like to go, I like to go uh, you know. If you played eleven or less games, you know that's that's how you win your uh, your way into my heart. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't even remember at that point. I I don't even know. I yeah. I, didn't rem- I don't, can't remember a forty before for Grabner to be honest. Yeah. With you. Well, I can tell you that Daryl Bootland he was twenty seven. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Barry Richter was thirty eight. Yeah. I remember that too. So. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, we're gonna talk about some some crazy Islanders later, and we talked with some. We met some friends at uh, a recent game, and uh, we told them we regaled them with some stories about some crazy Islanders. But uh, uh, so let's talk about the week uh, that just passed by. Um, the Islanders had three games because the schedule is just the worst ever. Um, they played the Edmonton Oilers, which you and I were at. Uh, played very well. Unfortunately, Camp Talbot also played pretty well, and uh, the Islanders ended up losing two one in overtime and. 
we both said as soon as they went to overtime, they're they're screwed because we're gonna get five minutes of Dry and McDavid, and guess what? <laughs> it took thirty eight seconds of Dry and McDavid for them to to lose the game. Um, they went then went into Dallas uh, on Friday, and uh, well, I shouldn't say they went into Dallas because it looked like they didn't go into Dallas. They just got their butts handed to them, and it was uh, embarrassing. It was awful. They lost five nothing. Score wasn't even that close. I wish I can say it was, but <laughs> it wasn't. Nobody played well. It was awful. Yara Halak wasn't there. Nobody was there. It was really a sight to behold. And then the next night, they go into St. Louis, home of the uh, team with the best record in the Western Conference, and they win. Um, they played a good two, first two periods, had uh, had a 4-1 lead, kind of sat back a little bit, let the Blues come back in. Um, so the week went basically totally as we had expected. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so insane. Um I don't know, like, what can you even make of this team? I, I, they're just down is up, you know, up is down. They play well, they lose, they play, you know, good teams, they win. It's, I don't know, it's just very strange and very frustrating. Yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of, I guess, what happens when you put twelve people on a sheet of ice and throw like a piece of vulcanized rubber in it and have them just chase after it for an hour in front of thousands of other people. You know, you just, just it's a weird sport, and that's really about at the beginning and end of it i i i honestly it, it looked like the islanders from the blues game played the islanders from the stars game if that makes sense like they were complete opposite <laughs> of you know performances and it's just really you know i i had a feeling they were gonna have a pretty good game in st louis after um just how bad things were in dallas and uh each, each, if, if they had put up a you know another stinker, that that would really be uh, you know reprehensible. So you just always kind of expect a, a bounce back, even in you know dire scheduling circumstances. So it was it was nice to uh, actually see that see that happen. And um, but Thomas Grice played a, a heck of a game as as much as he Halak uh, you know didn't on uh, whatever Friday night. Uh, I thought that in the, the Halak thing was the, the first two goals. It, it was wasn't weren't his fault or at all there's some bad turnovers and such and it kind of looked like he he had picked up that the team wasn't going to show up that that game and it's like all right if you guys aren't showing up then you know neither will i that's kind of how it felt but uh i think that you know grice putting that that show on the next day is, is gonna you know you know just not just be good because they've won but show halak that you know all right the other guy's going now so if you want to get the games in you better uh pick it up it's such a weird dynamic because it's not that they seem to be like flip flopping them is one thing, and I, I'm I'm okay with like alternating guys during the regular season. It really only becomes a problem in the playoffs, uh, which you know we'll we'll, worry, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, you know I don't mind them flip flopping every game, but it just seems as if the somebody always goes through a hot stretch of games. Uh, so like, you know, even when they, they alternate, you know, the next guy comes in and he's not so good, but then the other, the first guy comes back and he's great again. And you know, like, he'll have two or three really good games in a row and then he'll start to suck. And then the other guy will have two or three really good games in a row, but they're still alternating. If they, I'm trying to, you know, kind of set the scene here. Um, and so it was weird. And I, uh, Arthur Staple has an article today, uh, about Grice and he said that, um, Halak has the. The like the worst save percentage among low danger shots, mm-hmm. 
uh, in the NHL, which if you've been watching this season kind of makes a lot of sense because he gets, you know, he's been getting beat by some really strange, like sort of far away shots. And I mean, he looked drunk in Dallas. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. I mean, he looked like he was just drunk and, and I just, it was, you know, again, it's not like anybody was playing well in front of him. Um, but I mean, this is like a week or so after a game in Washington in which the team really did play very well in front of him and they lost four, three and, Every one of those goals could have been stopped. <laughs> and if he stopped, you know, two of them, they win. If he stops one of them, you know, they go to overtime and you take your chance. But, um, you know, it, it's we've been so kind of up and down about a lot of so many subjects this year that we've kind of glossed over the fact that the goalies haven't really been that good uh, outside of some some isolated incidents. And, yeah, hopefully Grice can use that, that game in St. Louis as sort of a springboard to kind of take the reins of it. And Yarrow can kind of use that too to, as sort of – motivation for him because they need those they need those guys they can't just you know survive without them. right yeah and, and i know i think it's in a mailbag or something that staple put together he was saying that uh you know maybe they'd look to to upgrade at goal which uh you know i think would be kind of drastic and especially this early uh given that they have two guys who've proven that they can you know keep a team afloat and put them into the playoffs uh the, the fact that I'm right, Grice is Grice is coming off the books as well at the end of this year too, right? Because Halak, I know no, Halak, no, he's got he's what, got the three uh, the three. So he's in the middle. He's in the middle of what? How many years does he have left? No, this is the first of three because they signed him last right, year. Right, okay. So they, this is the first uh, year of the contract. Okay, yeah, but it, so so just like the way it's set up is that Halak obviously like he kind of was with um like when he bounced around with with like St. Louis and, mm. and Washington the Caps, yeah. The guy that that gets end up getting moved to a to a team that's out of the situ- out of the playoff race and and just basically to to absorb the rubber for the uh, the last two months of the year. So if it gets to the point, I'm, I'm not too worried that that the Islanders would be able to to kind of upgrade at that situation and they have the I guess extra pieces that teams that would be flipping a goalie would look for. So it's 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 still way too early to do that, but it's like just something down the line that. Uh, if it comes to that, I think they're actually in a decent position to do it. But uh, yeah. I, I just don't know who they're going to get. Exactly. That's, like, well, yeah, cause that's like appreciably better. Staple you know, was Staple brought up like Jimmy Howard and then hmm. Curtis McElhinney. And I can't even remember who the other one was, but even Jimmy Howard, you're just like, Carrie <laughs> K- yeah, Lightning, Lightning, like, was no the other way, one. Man, I'm yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd rather take the chance of the two exactly. guys that they have. Yeah. I mean, unless they're not going to get Carrie price now, you know, right. I think it would be, hilarious if the, you know the rangers have won six in a row so this is like the dumbest thing ever but you know if they end up being bad you know <laughs> and they end up you know, sending henrik lundquist our way then that's a different story but uh i doubt that's gonna happen but yeah so the, i mean they're stuck with these guys basically no matter what and you know yarrow it's funny i totally forgot about the whole contract thing because like you know a lot of times you know the contract year is that sort of cliche like guys in the contract year outplay their you know, their percentages and they're so good. Uh, and Yaro so far has not been that guy. So if he's looking for another contract from either the Islanders or somebody else, uh, you know, he might want to get his stuff in gear and, and, you know, start playing a little bit better, but, um, you know, they're scoring goals. I mean, except for the Dallas game, I guess, but they're just uh, credit to Mike Carver on the uh, ILC podcast, by the way, for reminding, uh, reminding us all that there hadn't been a, a blowout in a long time. And so they were sort of due. And uh, we kind of figured it would happen in St. Louis in the second half of the back-to-back, and turned out to happen in Dallas the night before. But you know, it's it's a it's an every two week occurrence with these guys. They just get blown out one one game every two weeks. 
they just don't show up and it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Normally they look pretty good, but you know, once every two weeks, it's crazy. I don't, I've yeah. never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, I, it, I feel like that's just been a problem with, and, and this might be like another Islander echo chamber thing that I'm sure it happens with other teams, but it's when it's happening to your team, it's weird. And yeah, just, I mean, you brought up Lundquist. The, the name that I got was kind of keeping me up at night. It would be kind of funny that they brought back or it won't happen, but I just, it made me chuckle. Late, like late at night, just thinking about Roberto Luongo playing goalie for the Islanders again. Uh. <laughs> that would be something. I've, I've, you know, that would be great. And then they could reuse the, just to have him on Twitter would be just worth. The, oh yeah, it'd be nice. I, I don't even know what his contract status is. I'm sure point. he's, he's he, got he like had a, that a Lundqvist like style deal or something. Yeah. Well, he had that monster deal from Vancouver that kept him from being traded, and yeah. basically he was just like, you know, my contract sucks. He might. Yeah, my contract sucks, and they eventually figured out a way to move him to Florida, and that was about it. So I don't, I don't even know. And I don't, at this point, I don't think he's gonna, he's gonna move up here. But that would be awesome because, you know, get 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 Char back too, and just you know, finally make make the dream happen. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, but it's funny you you bring up the echo chamber because uh, something was bothering me too that the on Saturday um, before the game, so they announced that Thomas Hickey and Ryan Pollock were scratches, um, Adam Pellick and was coming back from an injury. Dennis Seidenberg is in, who we've talked about a lot. Oh, by the way, um, Nikolai Kuhlman's out for six months. Uh, he got hit in that game against the Oilers that we saw. Um, you know, I would be a, a huge hypocrite if I didn't mention that, you know, I had kind of talked about why he was still in the lineup <laughs> and, uh, you know, hope that he had been could be replaced. This isn't how I wanted to see it happen. It's sort of sad. You know, we like, I think we like both like Kuhlman sort of on a personal level, and he's been a professional and he's, you know, done. His job, although, you know, it would have been nice to see a little bit more scoring during his time. And But, you know, as people have mentioned, barring a run to the conference finals or the cup finals, we have probably seen the last of Nikolai Kuhlman in Islanders uniform. And that's kind of sad, you know. Mm-hmm. I kind of like those guys and wish he and Grabowski had, had worked out more. So there you go. Um, but, yeah, so the, they announced these moves. And we love Hickey. We want to see Hickey in the lineup. You know, we love Ryan Pullock, or at least we want to see Ryan Pullock in the lineup. We don't want to see Dennis Seidenberg back in the lineup. And so I ended up getting caught up in, you know, the, oh, my God, I hate this team. Why do they do this? These guys are idiots. They're just driving me crazy. And uh, I realized that I am the exact fan that I hate. The guy, <laughs> the guy who just like, you know, knee jerk reaction guy and just is already pessimistic, already assumes they're going to lose. And uh, and it bothers me. And one guy in my Twitter feed was like, I, I, are you sure you're an, even an Islanders fan? And I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know. I just hate that. And I just I. Like part of me blames Twitter because it is an echo chamber and it's just the worst, most vile place ever. And, you know, the, the worst thing about Twitter is that you follow people because they're fun and they're smart and you, you like them and you like their point of view. And, and yet, you know, they, they find a way to send the worst, most disgusting people and their opinions into your timeline. And it's really, really annoying. Um, but I was just I, I really hated the fact that I was so mad and then they went on to win. <laughs> and I was just like. <laughs> Now I feel like a giant doofus. And I, I don't know. You're, well, the way you handle Twitter is way better. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But I like the way you handle Twitter. You pop in, you make a joke, you sort of pop out. I don't know if you're like hanging around or whatever, but I don't, it doesn't seem like you get caught up in that whole thing. <laughs> I, I think I probably do. I just, I think I, uh, I've, I've done a really good job of just streamlining what I see and, and what I'm exposed to. And, and I muted a lot of words a while back. And you know what actually is funny is, 
for some reason, I was looking up who was starting a goal for the Detroit Red Wings like a couple weeks ago. And I was like typing in. I was like, why aren't the, the Red Wings uh, popping up on my Twitter? Like, what's going on? And I realized that not only did I block the Red Wings when they signed Franz Nielsen, I also sent their, a bunch of really nasty DMs that I kind of feel bad about for, for, for taking <laughs> him from us. So, wow. uh, yeah. So you've been blocked by the Red Wings? No, then? I've blocked the Red Wings. Oh, 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 yeah. I see. Yeah, I, I, I actually <laughs> did the, the most cowardly thing you could do and basically told them how horrible it was what they were doing by taking Nielsen and then blocked them so they, so they couldn't respond yeah. to you. Oh, wow, just because well, that's I'm pretty not, drastic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a and bad fan, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't go that far. But, uh, but yeah, so it was pretty tough, and I just felt like a big doofus, and I'm just like, you know, I really need to stop kind of engaging. I mean, the, the host, every Hosang thing is another one, like, we both love Hosang. We want to see him play. It sucks when he gets sent down. And, like, you know, you kind of feel like you have to say something because, you know, these people kind of – people follow you for opinions and, like, you have to say something. And I, obviously I'm going to be upset because I want to see the guy play. I don't want to see him sent down to Bridgeport. And, you know, I want to see him called up. And uh, it, But it's – you know, when you don't, when he's not in the lineup, it's easy to be like, oh, the hell with this. I don't want to watch this. and. But, uh, you know, and I'm not saying Doug Waite made the right call. I don't know if the team, if they would have lost had they played Thomas Hickey and Ryan Pollock, they probably would have won again still. I mean, again, but considering how they played in Dallas, any anything was an upgrade. So, um, But it just, I just hated it. It just really, I felt mad for no reason, basically. Yeah, I just, I thought it was funny because once I saw that uh, Steinenberg was in, uh, you just knew the Islanders were going to win uh, no matter what. <laughs> And it, I remember when the Islanders, I guess they traded Mark. Something happened with the Penguins ended up with Mark Eaton that one year and uh, got him back, I guess. And they went undefeated with him in the lineup, even though he was he was playing horribly. And there is that, that mm. Twitter hashtag undefeated. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, to, today, today in the comments, uh, Keith, uh, our friend Keith Quinn brought up the uh, the legendary Jersina yep. anomaly. Exactly. <laughs> That's just they—they they couldn't lose with Jersina in the lineup. Milan Jersina, and I don't know how that worked, but the the juice—the juice was the good luck. Yeah, charm. I'm, I'm starting to get that vibe from uh, from Seidenberg a little bit now. <laughs> God, I hope not. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a very strange thing, and I ended—I ended up taking having to take Sunday off basically to decompress. Um, but um, we had a fun. So we had a fun time at the Oilers game. And uh, a much more fun fan experience. And um, as, as Islanders fans, you know, we don't get to have this very often. But I just wanted to tell I told the story kind of on Twitter and I wanted to tell, you know, like in human terms, it, it verbally, uh, because it's such a fun it was such a fun time. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can uh, you know hook up with uh, these folks again. I've been emailing them back and forth. But but I actually want to want you to start because the tickets that you got, you got the tickets and. <laughs> They were they're sort of an important aspect of the story, so you can start with like how you actually procured these particular tickets because again they're they're an important aspect of of what ended up happening. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I, a couple of weeks ago, I guess a week before that game on that Tuesday, I got a text message that said, "If you type in treat on the offer code at Ticketmaster, that you get free tickets to see McDavid." So I. You know, I did it and kind of was expecting it not to work or be complicated or the, the seats to be in like the, the obstructed view se- section, but it worked and we got four. 
And then I was like, all right. And then I did it again. And then I did it again. And which <laughs> they just weren't capping the tickets. So finally, after getting 12 free tickets, they, they capped me. And now then all of a sudden I had, you know, all these tickets. So I, you know, I texted you and I given a bunch to, to other friends and such. And they're like, you take these tickets and they're free. And they're like, how'd you do it? And I, I explained it. And, and my friends who weren't really Islander fans were just like, that is the most Islander thing ever that they just let you basically yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know. uh, I actually tried when you texted me, I tried to get some myself. I'm kind of glad I didn't. But uh, yeah, they had all been gone. Like there was like literally one one free seat left and it was like in the middle of a section on the sides or but, something like but that. But Fred was so, saying, you know, it wasn't advertised or anything. I didn't, I, the only way no. I heard of it was a text message from, from my friend Rachel and she, when she texted me and I was just like, I don't think this is true. <laughs> but <laughs> what? Yeah. No, it sounded too good to be true and uh, again, it was, but they, yeah, they didn't advertise it and then they did another one uh, for a game against uh, Vancouver which is coming up in a couple yep. weeks. So uh, hopefully people got them. Um, yeah. So you, you texted me. I was like, oh man, I, I couldn't get my ticket. I tried. I was on the bus. I couldn't get my tickets, but I, I said, Hey, can I, can I get on with you? And you were like, yeah, I'll give you eight. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't, I don't need eight. I just need the one. So, um, so, uh, we got the tickets secured, which was cool. And so, uh, I'm on, this is kind of, you know, come more or less a spur of the moment thing. So, I leave my office and I get on the subway and I got my my hoodie on and my uh, Josh Hosang T-shirt underneath, uh, which was good luck, by the way, when we went to that game, uh, the preseason game. They won that game. So I figured I would wear them for good luck. And um, these two two older people get on, clearly a a husband and wife. And I notice they have the red poppies on for uh, Remembrance Day. Is that it? That's what they call it. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like Canadian Veterans Day. And I'm like, oh, there must be Canadian. And they have little Canadian flags in there, too. And I, for a second, I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder if they're going to the game. Why would these two random Canadians be on the subway bound for Brooklyn if not going to this hockey game? So he, the, the husband sees me and he says, oh, are you going to the game? And I said, yes. And immediately he, you know, he goes, yeah, we're big Leafs fans. Do you think we can get tickets if we go to the box office? <laughs> I'm like, dude, they're giving tickets away for this game. Literally. <laughs> tell you right now, they're giving tickets away. Yes, you can get box out. You can get tickets to the box office, and they're like, um, "Yeah, we're big Leafs fans. We're kind of hoping that you know they can sign Tavares next year." And I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, hold on a second. Don't don't bet on it." Yeah. And I, so I, uh, you know, gave them the whole rundown. Well, you know, they got a lot of they got places to other places to spend that money. And I said, I write for a blog, and I've been like tracking this for two years, and and uh, it, it didn't get like it wasn't contentious. It, it turned out to be a very pleasant conversation. The guy was legitimately surprised that this random American guy on the way to an Islanders game had heard about like all these old Leafs at one point or old hockey players in general. At one point, Yvonne Cornwaye came up in the conversation and I was like, Oh, the Roadrunner. He goes, yes, the Roadrunner. <laughs> so t- talked about that, talked about these old Leafs, talked about old Islanders, uh, had a very pleasant ride. We got to, to Atlantic Avenue, Barclays center. I'm like, yeah, I'll walk you guys out. I'll show you how to get there. It's right here. Uh, we walk up the stairs. He's like, well, I can't believe it. We, we met a hockey fan here in New York. And I said, yes, go back home. Tell everybody that we exist. We are here. There's not many of us, but we do exist. And, uh, you know, you can find us if you look hard enough. So they go into the box office. We shake hands. And I met you. Pouring and, rain. Uh, I, in the pouring rain, it was cold. It was go- It was god-awful. And that was another thing I told them, too, uh, was, uh, yeah, nobody's going to come to this game. He's like, how many people do you think they'll get? I said, 
tonight, if they get 11,000, I'd be surprised. <laughs> he goes, really? I'm like, dude, it's a Tuesday night. It's cold as hell. It's raining. It's a Canadian team. Nobody wants to come to this game. Believe me. Um, so when I met you, you know, I was like, oh, is it just us? And you were like, yeah. And you had given out the other tickets. And I was like, how many do you have any left? And you said, yeah, two. And I said, oh, dude, let's I just met these two people that need tickets. Let's go try and find them. So we go in. We go to the box office. I recognize them uh, after a minute. Uh, you helped flag down a, a security guard. Did you know that that security guard? Did you? I don't know. It seemed like you kind of knew him. Or were you no, I didn't know. Trying? No, I think it's just, yeah, I just kind of yelled at them and they yelled at like a person that was a little closer to them too. It was like a game of telephone. Oh, right, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, right. It went from us to the security guard, to the guy, to them, yeah, to the company. Canadian telephone. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, it was Bell, I guess. <laughs> telephone. So uh, we waved them over and uh, we're like, did, did you buy tickets? And they're like, no. And we said, well, you know, you well, actually, you were like, do, do I have two. Do you want them? They're like, how much? <laughs> and you were like, uh, they're free. And they're like, what? And so we explained that, you know, they were giving them away. And I said that uh, it was probably because they didn't want some Canadian sports writer, no offense, taking pictures of an empty Barclays Center on the night when Connor McDavid is here. Uh, and they're like, oh. And uh, I was like, you know, you didn't buy a ticket yet, did you? She goes, no, they're trying to sell us these like $150 seats. <laughs> For the game, I'm like, oh god, don't pay that. That's ridiculous. So they took the seats, and uh, we went in. We sat together and uh, had a great time. Right, we had a lot of fun. Um, they he bought us some beers and some popcorn, and uh, they got to see the yes, yes, yes. Although he was in the uh, the concourse at the time, the uh, I mean, it was a two one game, so he missed both goals. Um, but his wife, uh, you know, I pointed out the yes, yes, yes. It was Terry and Marianne, and. Um, you know, they had they seem to have a lot of fun. And, and they, again, same you know as, as with me, the same with you. They were legitimately shocked that these two guys, these two bozos from Long Island, knew as much about old time hockey players as they did <laughs> or he did, I should say. And uh, it was funny. Like, you know, we were telling them old Islander stories and, and just general weirdness about the franchise. And uh, yeah, it was cool. Right. Yeah, well, I actually. I cool him in that. That he had asked, he had like checked in on Kuhlman and like, Grabowski while we were there, you know, because people right. forget, like they were endeared. The Leafs fans really loved them, um, both, you know, from the top to the bottom. The people loved them for their advanced stats being real good, and they also, you know, loved their personality and such. So, uh, yeah, that that was funny, and he 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 had a lot to talk about, uh, to say about Steve Thomas Stumpy, which was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he told some funny stories about Stumpy Thomas, and um, yeah, that's right. He was like, "Is that the same Kuhlman that was on the Leafs?" And we were like, uh, "Yeah, that's the sort same of. guy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah, right. Kind of same. Same. Uh, they. They. I didn't mention that they spelled his name wrong the whole time, but um, uh, they. Uh, yeah, they had a good time. Again, it was you know I was like it's expensive here, but you know they kept asking questions like. Uh, you know, where is everybody? <laughs> but, uh, you know, th it was a good showing. They, they played really well. They were cheering for the Oilers, obviously. And, uh, you know, they were very, very proud Canadians. And, uh, you know, we saw they were telling stories about Dennis Potvin. And I was like, pointing out where, you know, Butch Goring is. And it was like, oh, wow, Butch Goring. Yeah, he's, he's here doing the, the color. And, uh, you know, we pointed out the, the press box and all that cool stuff and the car and Bruce Bennett, the usual stuff. And But it was fun. Like, it was cool that you know, they were really interested in, in sort of our fandom and were really, again, surprised. I, can't, I keep going back to it, but it was a really cool feeling that he was like, you, you know more about this uh, this sport than some Canadians I know. And 
I was like, oh, wow, that's very that's a very nice thing of you to say. It was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> um, and he was like, I'm going to I got, you know, 60 years worth of hockey news. I'm going to send you some Islanders articles. And I was like, oh, geez, that, that would be great. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was a cool thing. It was a cool, you know, despite the loss, uh, it was fun to like have been brought together through hockey in this random and I, normally I would never talk to anybody on the subway. I, my, I don't even make eye contact with people on the subway, but this one guy I noticed and uh, ended up spending, you know, three and a half hours with sitting next to the guy and his wife. And, uh, and uh, they're very, very nice people. And uh, I hope they had a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and uh, we, we, we talk about it a lot in the show, just like the, uh, the kind of complex we have is Island. It's not just you and me. It's all Islander fans. Just like what other fan bases must think about Islander fans. So, when you actually spend time with them and you, you, you like get to know people from, you know, basically another world, uh, mm. it's, it's, or another echo chamber, I should say from a different era. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear, you know, and just like, like, cause especially, you know, they're, they were, they were older than us. And so, you know, the Islanders that they, people that age, like equate the Islanders still with the dynasty. And then they, to see them like kind of how it is now, it's just like a, an empire in ruins and you're just like they're just like why are you still why do you still live here rome fell rome fell run away yeah yeah no definitely and yeah that that that's exactly what it is like they were sort of zooming in from this other echo chamber and we were able to to talk with them and explain our our fandom to and he apparently wanted to come to an islanders game like according to i was talking to uh, marianne the wife uh in between periods and uh she was like, you know, I was like, you know, you could probably go to the garden. I don't know if the Rangers are home tomorrow if you guys still wanted to because they would still have another couple of days in the city. But she was like, no, the, he wanted to come to an Islanders game. And I was like, he wanted to come to an Islanders game? Okay, that's kind of unusual. But, uh, no, I'm glad they did. And, uh, yeah, it was cool to, to have. But it also was like they weren't condescending about, you know, being sort of Canadian fans and kind of lording it over us. They were very, like, legitimately curious to see what it was like. And uh, I got the feeling, the sense that, he was more into the sport than she was. Uh, I've seen a similar look on my wife's face when I start talking about hockey or, you know, <laughs> comic books from the 70s or something like that. <laughs> They're kind of very, very supportive, but also like, you know what, this is your thing and that's fine and that's cool. And, but again, I hope she had a good time and, and she enjoyed the, the yes, yes, yes chant. I think we had a couple of a couple of other tourists in our row, too, because there was a couple next to them that was looking at us like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we also we had some good jerseys in our in our in our area. We had the Trevor Linden Islander jersey, right? Yeah, hey, hey, definitely. Uh, yeah, David Eriotter. So it was, it was it was just a beautiful. And the like like yeah. you said, like the going just back to the team. They that they that was one of their best games. I thought, or maybe not. I want to say of the season, but it could be like they they played better than than they than the Oilers did. They just happened to not get lucky. They ran into a goaltender on a good night and. Uh, yeah. My parts out that, that they were very, that was the thing. Like any, we were saying me and you, and we were talking about how it felt like McDavid was on the ice the whole time, just cause he <laughs> it, it feels that way. Like legitimately you're watching him. You're like, Oh, that can't be him. He was on the ice 20 seconds ago and there was a whistle and he's got the puck on a breakaway again. It can't be him. Oh no, it is. But like that. No, that's yeah. Barzell starting to have that feeling as well. Right? You're watching the game and you're just like, how is this? He's, he's not, not only is he on the ice, it feels like, but he's doing something every time he's out there. It's, it's really. I mean, I keep thinking like I, I keep using the word romantic about Matt Barzell, and that's kind of like how I feel of him as a hockey player and the way his style of playing. It's so easy on the eye. You know, he's just like very. You know, he's just like this handsome, great hockey player for, with like a French Canadian twang. He's just 
it's a beautiful it's beautiful to have him on the islanders and uh yeah no it, yeah i'm just grateful yeah no it is and and it's fun to see him and you know that's what made the dallas game so so irritating and one of the things that made it so irritating was like the two days prior we had been reading about how awesome he was and he was like you know he had the five assist game the night before or whatever the game before and you know all of a sudden they, they the whole team shows up again it wasn't just him the whole team shows up in dallas and lays an egg and you're just like oh. I knew we shouldn't have read all that stuff about him. He's but, at the um, point, but he's yeah, that, at the point that he could have like a complete stinker and you know turn the puck over or whatever, and I'll just be there and I'll be mad at every one of them, and like you know go down the line and scold each one of them. And but to get far out, I'm just be like, you keep doing what you're doing. Pat on the back yeah. and get to the next one. <laughs> that that was and actually that Oilers game was was very uh, was um, it, it was there was a lot of things going on in that game because while we were sitting there entertaining our out of town friends, Matt Barzell was going viral because he turned Oscar Clefbaum inside, outside, inside, outside. <laughs> he didn't score. Yeah. Would have been the you know the highlight reel of the season, basically. Uh but we saw it live and I, I checked my Twitter in between whistles and it was like, oh you know, would some people were tweeting at me and I'm like, dude, I'm here. I saw it. I was right here. I saw Evan right in front of me. It was pretty cool. Um but yeah, so I mean let's just well, I guess we'll segue that way. He's he's been phenomenal and uh our friend Garrick wrote a uh, an article about um, you know the first sort of looking at the team through the first fifteen games and uh, you know there's some good numbers and bad numbers but man Barzell has just been lights out I mean he's where where would they be without him I really I don't know it's <laughs> I don't even want to think about be, it but because he's, he's been driving the play a lot the, the reason the Islanders are, are doing what they're doing right now is that they they have a very productive you know top six and and Garrick is getting into this a little deeper on that that video cast which is, is you know, pretty enlightening stuff to watch and uh, and just listen to and and like just the gap between their top six and bottom six is so immense because of you know players like Barzal on the top and then you know the Chimeras of the world on the bottom, but to have a line where you have John Tavares on one line and then all of a sudden you know he comes off and you're like ah oh, crap, right, I I got to sit through <laughs> the next you know minute and a half without John Tavares on the ice and you're like oh no I got I got Matt Barzal out there now so I'm all right you know so uh, yeah. it's just having that. If they and, and that's why they're so they're, you can feel them that they're, they're like so close to, to turning the corner and uh, if they can just shore up the, the the kind of bottom six and like just get that one rock who who can play that type of game and uh, they just don't have it yet which is which is unfortunate and, you know Bovillier's and um, I think he's probably next on on the uh, the Metro to Bridgeport uh, even more so that yeah I think I think that's kind of feels that way it's coming you know because they already did the scratch you're not doing the kid any or if you're playing him kind of out of context of what he should be so uh that you know but other than that man that that's about it like we touched on the goaltending and the bottom six and then everything else yeah that it's uh it is kind of weird and that's that's exactly how it's broken up i mean i feel like he he said it was basically a, a tale of two teams like it's you know the top six which is really, really good. And the bottom six, which has been, to be honest, so far, really, really bad. Um, it's, you know, Beauvillier, we like a lot. He's a good player and, and he should be pretty good at some point. But, um, you know, Sezikis has had a pretty good season, but the other guys, uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, haven't produced anything. I mean, we talked about Kuhleman. Who uh, you know hadn't had three points in whatever fifteen games? That's not going to cut it. Chimera is just a sort of ongoing saga of him breaking into the zone at top speed and then not doing anything with it. Uh, kind of sucks. <laughs> um, I asked Garrick at one point if 
you know, he thought that uh, Hosang could end up being more the possession driver on a line with, say, Nelson and Beauvillier. And uh, his answer was that just outside of the offensive zone, 29 and 66, Nelson and, and Hosang just they don't have it. Whatever it is that they got to have, they don't they don't have it. And yeah, they can they can push into the offensive zone, but defensively, they're they're never going to amount to much. And, you know, at this point, Nelson is what he is. He's a 30 goal scorer, bad possession numbers, but he's got a heck of a shot. And uh, he needs to be put on a line with a guy who can absolutely draw drive possession. And Barzell could be that guy. But, you know, Barzell kind of works pretty well with Andrew Ladd. So, you know, there's no reason to break that line up with with Ladd and Everly. And they were doing pretty well, too. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's great that they have this second line, but they need to figure out those those bottom two. And I, I feel like the fourth line is probably closer to being fixed because you've already got Tzizekas and Clutterbuck there. And, yeah. You know, they put somebody else there. They, they'd be Tzizekas fine. Tzizekas having a, you know, really good year for uh you know the type yeah. of player he is and if he if, yeah. if he is like 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 we were saying like if he is that rock and the, who can kind of be the glue between the two units that's fine you just got to surround him with with guys who aren't chasing Tremere basically or you know <laughs> even like you know at this point like Bovillier as what he is right now so uh, right yeah it, uh Bovillier's numbers again we, we like him and we want to see him succeed but I I felt like you know uh he probably had. There's probably more of a reason to send him to Bridgeport than there was Hosang, despite the very, very intricate and very, very detailed um, post by Spizwolf on you know why Hosang got sent down that bad shift against the Rangers. Uh, that is all totally true, and Doug Wade had a lot of reasons to be mad at him and send him down. But um, you know, all things considered, Bovillier's uh, possession stats have not really been great, and maybe he just needs some time in the A, and that would be fine. I mean, he can be sent down there, and you know, he's a young player and. He should be fine, but uh, yeah, they definitely need to straighten that out. And it's it's weird though, isn't it? Like, wait, the Islanders need to straighten out their bottom two lines. Like, they, they you could argue that they've been running four bottom <laughs> lines for years, <laughs> and now all of a sudden, what happened? Where the where those those bottom lines go? Well, they're not here anymore. They're old or they're hurt or whatever. Yeah, it's really crazy. What what like a super? Sorry, I shouldn't use the S word yet. But what a great romantic player like Matt Barzell can you know could just do to a team, right? It's just he's a revelation and and just completely changed the complex of of the team and the, the arc of the season. I mean, him and Jordan Everly are unbelievable together. Like, yeah, yeah, that that was actually a very satisfying thing too in that Oilers game was seeing Everly score. Uh, that was actually really cool, and I felt, <laughs> <laughs> felt a great deal of pride when uh, when that happened. So it was and. Great. and like uh, to the Tavares line with with Bailey and and Lee, like like that line is is a great first line, but they're not that you, Tavares. They, they can they can have signs of flash, but that's not really their game. Like it's just basically, John Tavares succeeds because he's very good, but also will work harder than you and and you know take more abuse and get to the puck and and is so strong on his feet. So it's not like a pretty line to watch play almost. And and, not, and I don't want to offend them because that would be the, a nightmare but uh <laughs> it's the the barzal and everly whoever they're, they're rolling with on the night that is a pretty line to watch play like they are playing some no, very watchable hockey yeah um yeah bailey and and lee and, and Tavares is is very productive and and you know bailey was second star of the week last week and he's he's been really good but yeah they don't you know they, they don't wow you with like amazing even Lee like that's those are the goals he scores he scores tippins and sometimes they're scored before you even realize that they're in and everybody's got their arms up and you're like oh they just scored a goal and yeah that that was him because that's his job so uh, you know being productive is good we'd rather take that but if you're productive and pretty it's even better so there you go 
Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, this week is going to be a rough one, uh, no matter who plays where. The Islanders play one of their great nemesis right now, the Carolina Hurricanes, whom uh, treat the Islanders like they're the Washington Generals, <laughs> basically. Uh, they play them twice this week. They play them uh, at home at Barclays Center on Thursday, and then they, they're they in the second half of a back-to-back. Uh, the Islanders are in Tampa on Saturday and then in Raleigh, 5 o'clock Sunday. Um, you know, given the last week and how we all kind of expected them to lose pretty handily in St. Louis and, you know, at least play Dallas pretty competitively, I have absolutely no idea what could come of this. Tampa has just been running roughshod over the league. Their, their goal differential is like a plus 24 or something like that, and they just – if they can make it out of there with a point – Take it. Just get the heck out of there. I mean, they're ridiculous. And then you know, they got to find a way to beat Carolina. Of all, it sounds weird <laughs> to say that, but they really do because you don't want it to, you know, lose to the same team twice in, the, in one week. And especially a team that right now, I mean, they're pretty good. They're they're an all possession team. They don't score goals, but they have a ton of possession. And right now they're in the bottom of the metro. And you know, the Islanders need to beat teams like that if they plan on you know padding their lead and and getting into the playoffs. Right. Yeah. The, the the Hurricanes. I think they they still at this point lead. By a pretty good margin in in, in Corsi Ford, that so if they're, and they've been that under Peters. Like he's probably the most underrated coach in the league, just because of where he is and, and just the team he has. And that team is good. They played a lot fewer games. I think the other day I saw they played like thirteen games. And I know they they played yeah. tonight. That when we're recording this on Monday night, they beat Dallas pretty good, five one. But uh, oh, yeah. So, but they're going to climb the standing. Just they're not going to with the players they have on the team. They're not going to keep generating that that this amount of volume and not score. They're uh, especially if you know if Scott Darling kind of finds you know who he was uh, when he when he was playing as a backup in, in Chicago. Like that that's that team's going to be good. The, and the Islanders should be kind of jockeying with them in the the Metro. That the Met the, as, as annoying it is right now with the Metro, how tight it is. It's a good thing that it's not a runaway like it has been. Like at this point last year, I feel like the Capitals were already basically you know, sixteen two and one, and had one runaway with the division. And it's it's going to be a brutal fight, and the Islanders should, with with the way their team is and, and what they look like, they should be in it. And this is one of the teams that they're going to be battling with. So you got to take in in these like two game samples, you got to take three out of the four uh, available points. Definitely. It's, it's such a brutal, 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 brutal division this year because, yeah, everybody's tightly bunched up. And, you know, you, you lose a game in overtime and suddenly you go from being third in third place to being out of the playoffs. I mean, the, the Rangers have won six games in a row and they're still not in the playoffs right now. Like That's that's pretty bad, you know, I mean, and, and the Hurricanes, they again, they I guess they just won. Of course, the night I say that they can't score goals, they score five goals on Dallas. Um, but, uh, you know, they were in last place, but I don't think anybody thought of them as a last place team in the sense that, you know, the Coyotes are in last place because they're like two and fourteen or something like that. So it's not a situation like that, but it's um, you know these are games that the Islanders really need to win. And you know if you roll into Tampa, same with St. Louis. You know you go in there and you hope for the best. But you know the Islanders for years have had this this habit of playing up to their competition or playing down to their competition. And you know I don't know if they still think of the the Hurricanes as that team that moved from Hartford because that's like twenty years ago. Uh, they shouldn't think that way. Because uh, they're as much of a, of a vagabond team as uh, as the Hurricanes are, but um, you know they they just need to win these games and, and get like you said three or three or four points and you know show up. Like <laughs> I hate to sound like Doug Waite, but man, you really got to show up and, and play these games and, and hopefully 
make some hay. And then they have another weird week the week after. They got they got back to backs uh again next weekend, I think. Uh in Philly. They they think they play Philly twice and somebody else in the in between too is in a back to back. So I, I I don't know. I really don't. But uh you can't you can't lose a step because if you lose two games in a row, you're gonna get buried in the division and you 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 might not get back up again and it's really it's almost like a college football season, you know. <laughs> it's like you can't you lose one game, you're out of the pole, and, and forget it, you're done. Yeah, and it's yeah, like like uh, who's it? You say Bob McKenzie always says that you don't really nothing really matters until Thanksgiving. Well, by the time you know this, we're we're back together on and doing another show, it will be Thanksgiving. So I think at this point you kind of have an idea of, of what you're getting the, the landscape of the season's going to look like, uh, and you're kind of if you just look at the Metro standings, that's kind of, just multiply that by two and a half or whatever, and that's what I think you're going to be looking at. So, yeah. 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 So, some good team is going to miss the, a couple of good teams are going to miss the playoffs because of this division. Like that's just how it is. I mean, we just need to kind of prepare ourselves and hope that our team isn't that team, but that's pretty much what's going to happen. Some good teams are going to miss the playoffs. And one thing I won't take back from on Saturday is that, um, you know, Elliot Friedman, talk about Bob McKenzie, Elliot Friedman has this thing where if you're in the playoffs, if you're out of the playoffs by November 1st, I think it's like six out of the last 48 teams or something like that uh, have actually made the playoffs. I feel like that could rise to seven at this point because, again, it's just been so tight. And November 1st really kind of came and went, and I don't think anybody really thought that they were out of it. We like we would have hoped – I think we like to hope that the Raiders were out of it, but alas, it never works out that way because they're like roaches. They just don't go away. It's very really <laughs> irritating. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, cool. Um so, uh, I mean, uh, anything else you're looking forward to this week? And uh, any kind of player to look, keep your eyes on the, besides romantic Matthew Barzell? Yeah, I mean, that's really it. Like, I, when, I, when when we started the show today and I, like, plugged in my laptop and such and got ready, I didn't realize that the Islanders aren't playing for, like, another week and a half. So I was, I'm kind of like, yeah, like, I need that fix of watching him <laughs> skate with the puck on his stick. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's it's something I'm actually like really. I like last year. I did not look forward to watching the games. I kind of just you no, just God no. We just hate watching them and yeah. you know and yeah the year before too yeah. <laughs> and now we're like oh, I'm like I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's nice to do and yeah. uh, you know hopefully uh, yeah you know, I can't wait for what six six forty five when the when we get to line rushes and we see that uh, you know Dennis Seiderberg is playing and to watch that all unfold. It's, 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 it's fun. It's fun to look forward to that stuff again. Yeah. Oh, you know, we, we didn't even mention you were talking about uh, McDavid before being on the ice the whole time. We were talking about Chimera, not to pile the guy on, but it feels the same way. Like, why is this guy on the ice all the time? But obviously there's a big difference between seeing, thinking that Connor McDavid is on the ice all the time and thinking Jason Chimera is on the ice all the time. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, they really need to, to, I don't know. It's just us. Maybe. I don't know, but it just seemed like that he was always on the day. He was being double shifted. You were like the double shifting Chimera. I'm like, Oh God, please don't. And it looked like they were, (laughs) Oh my God, why is this happening? There there were like two, two shifts in a row where Tavares, it looked, I think Tavares had a, you know, an opportunity for, for either like a two on two or a two on one and, and his partner in crime on the, on the play was none other than Chimera. So, you know, that that is frustrating. Well, that, now that I think about it, I guess it was because Kuhlman was hurt, and I guess yeah. they needed to double shift somebody. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's not a good feeling. So we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe he'll you know maybe he'll he'll tear the place up and he'll score five goals in this week and uh, you know put the Islanders back on track. We'll never we'll never know. We'll we'll see. Again, I, I don't. I'm normally I would ask, but I, after this week, I don't know what to think anymore. And I guess we're just gonna have to see how it works out and hope for the best. Um. So uh, 
Tell everybody your Twitter handle again. The Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, if you uh, are so inclined, uh, I started my new season. So some shameless self-promotion, if you will allow me. Uh, my Golden Girls Sports Podcast started its second season today. Uh, if you want to listen to it, it's something different, something weird. First episode is about log rolling, ice skating, ice fishing, Jesse Owens, uh, Jim Thorpe, the Golden Girls, Betty White, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, please check it out if you can. It's a little bit different, but uh, I'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I always, yeah, I I always guess... say whenever Dan and I talk about it that it's fun. It's a really fun podcast to listen to it with the con with context because you like if you're on the subway and you're listening to that and you just look around and everybody else has headphones in, you're just like I'm probably the only person listening to a podcast right now about the Golden Girls talking about a Cuban boxer. It's always fun. <laughs> there's that, there's uh, not a whole lot of Golden Girls podcast period. So yes, <laughs> you're probably right. You're probably, and you're definitely the only one listening to one that's isolated the sports jokes out of it and <laughs> analyzing that. But I appreciate you listening to it. I appreciate everybody listening to it. And we appreciate you listening to this. Uh, yeah. Like I like Mike said, we'll probably be back. Uh, I guess, I don't know, the week before Thanksgiving, week after Thanksgiving, something like that. Maybe we'll have a special Cyber Monday episode. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully the Islanders are still in the thick of this thing. And uh, if we hear back from our Canadian friends, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll follow up and we'll let you all know. Uh, thanks to them again for having a great time, for uh, showing us a great time. We hope we showed them a great time. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.